0: John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish of all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Um, we have had the opportunity over the last couple of months to talk about the realm of answers and this is the the title of the series is rely on the realm of answers and um, I want to continue along that path because it's important for us to know the answers are already available for us (laughs) there are not the, the things that we are going to face in life God has supplied answers for those things we are never at a disadvantage We are never under the circumstance. Thank you, Jesus. We are never at a place of loss where I just don't know what to do. That should never be our mindset. Because as long as I am in relationship with the Lord God Almighty, He has given me promises that He will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He has given me the presence of His Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it is beneficial for you that I go away. Because when I go away, the Comforter will come. And because of the Comforter being present in our heart, greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world, because of His presence, we have access to His help. It says that He reveals things to come. He shows us things. Jesus said in John uh, 16, He said, He will take of mine and He will show it to you. He will take of mine and He will show it to you. So everything that is ours in Christ, He will show it to us. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 that Jesus is made unto us wisdom. The book of Proverbs says wisdom is the principal thing. Above all else, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Wisdom is the the principal thing. It is the key ingredient that we need. God used wisdom when he founded the world, and he'll use his wisdom to establish our lives as well. And so this wisdom is available to us, and in the few Uh, sessions that we've already had on this subject, and I encourage you to go back to the YouTube and watch them uh, or uh, the different other platforms that I just mentioned uh, prior. Uh, But we have uh, talked about attending to the Word. And we spent a couple of sessions talking about the importance of giving our attention to the Word of God. And we've talked about allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. I want to continue uh, along that uh, line Uh, as we see here it says as your soul prospers as we're talking about attending to the Word and then at the same time the Holy Spirit revealing things to us. This is spiritual. When I'm attending to the Word I'm pulling it into my heart. I'm not just in my head with it. I'm not just reading it. I'm not just Thinking it in my mind, but I am attending to it. Proverbs 4, verse 20, we'll just revisit it because I keep coming back to it. So, Proverbs 4, 20 says that attending to the word uh, employs your ears and your eyes. He says in Proverbs 4, 20, My son, attend to my words, incline your ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes so the eyes and the ears are both employed in the attending if it's not in my eyes and ears i'm not giving proper biblical attention so to attend to the word i need my eyes and ears and if you will take that next step and use your mouth like Joshua 1:8 and Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 uh, through 3 indicate then your mouth will make your mind and your ears both be employed at the same time. If you've got your mouth speaking it, Joshua 1.8, he says, you shall not let the word depart from your mouth, but you will meditate on this word day and night. So the word in the mouth makes it stay in my eyes and my ears. It makes it stay before me. If you're reading the word out loud, if you're speaking the word to yourself, it is employing your mind. It is employing your ears. And uh, this attention is for the purpose of getting it in the heart. That was the next thing it said in Proverbs 4. It said, incline your ear to hear it. Keep it in front of your eyes so that it gets, keep them in the midst of the heart. The aim is to have a full heart of the Word. That's the goal. That's the objective, is to get my heart full. And when I began building my faith about a specific subject, some years back when we began to uh, believe God about our finances, this was 1998, 1999, we took a specific... Uh, 40 day period of time where we didn't listen to anything else we didn't s- study about anything else we weren't uh, watching TV at all we turned the TVs off put blankets didn't even let the kids watch TV it was summer I sent them all outside to play on the trampoline uh, and, and we were just saturating ourselves on that one specific area scripturally and when About 30 days into that time as I had been in the morning going over scriptures verbally with my mouth, reading them out loud to myself, taking that time to really just hammer out consistently in that consistent doing every day. And then when the kids would all lay down for a nap at nap time, I would try to get it in again and finish that list that I had. And when I would do that, uh, when I first started doing it, I would say things and my head said, Oh no, you're not. You're so poor. You're eating Raymond noodles. You're you, you're eating carl budding ham. You are eating ham you can see through. You're 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 you don't you're not blessed going in and blessed coming out. You don't have abundance and no lack. You got lack, 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 lack. I mean, my mind was not uh convinced yet. But I kept speaking it out of my heart. And to do that, I was putting it in front of my eyes. I was putting it in my ears by speaking it out loud. And uh, Psalm 45, 1 says that the tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Proverbs says that I can write on the tablet of my heart. So as I was doing this, I'm I'm inscribing it. I'm writing it into my heart. And about 30 days in... I opened up the same list of verses that I had been looking at every day and I I didn't feel any different. I didn't notice anything naturally. But as I began to quote the scriptures that that day, they came out of my heart with such a conviction. There was such a, a strength. It wasn't a volume in my voice. It wasn't an inflection of me the way I was reading it. It was from my inner man. My inner man was full of the Word. I had reached a level of fullness. And if you had asked me the day before if I was in faith, I would have said yes, because I thought I was in faith. But when faith came, when a full measure of faith, a fullness of the Word came, and those words came out with such a velocity, then I knew something i hadn't known the day before there was a recognition i'm in faith uh, faith is here i'm not i'm not i'm not in it i'm not i'm not it's here i'm 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 flow. it's it's an abundant force of faith and in my heart i knew everything has changed nothing had changed on the outside but in my heart i knew everything has changed And within a matter of weeks, God, it's just like things started falling into place and falling into place. And we moved from that rental house with the cockroaches to the first house that we owned that we eventually gave as a seed to someone else. And I mean, we, it was, and and within two months, a pastor went from working as an employee of Blue Cross to being the pastor at the church in DeSoto. I mean, it was just something that when faith came, those words started moving the mountains. Those faith-filled words started moving the mountains. But the day before, I, I didn't realize what faith was until faith came. You know what I'm saying? I didn't until a full measure of the word. It's like when you're filling up your gas tank and you think, well you can hear the difference in the way it sounds yeah. as it's getting closer to the top. But you really know it's full when it spits it back out at you. Yeah. When it starts overflowing out of the gas, you know, the, the, the hole, then you know, okay, it's full. Yeah, I'm trying to get as much in there as I can get, but when it starts spitting it back out, when the Word came out with that fullness, that's when I recognized something I'd never known before. A fullness of the word. So, this attending to the word is for the purpose of getting a fullness of the heart. But according to this scripture in John, chapter uh, 3 John, chapter 2, the third epistle of John, this is talking about the soul. And it says that our prospering and being in health has a soul connection. It says that even as your soul prospers. So we want the fullness of the heart, but we're also going to recognize that there's going to come a restoring of the soul, that the mind has to be renewed. The the mind, the will, and the emotions all need to have a word governance Applied to them, a word governing system over them, because before you got saved, you were a soul with a a with flesh. <laughs> we all walked according to the flesh. Ephesians two says, right? We all walked after the the desires of our flesh, fulfilling what our flesh impulses were to do. Well, your mind, your will, and your emotions were just they, they're just going to submit to whoever's in the strongest position. When you're born again, that's why you've got to have that fullness of God, the fullness of the Spirit, keeping yourself full of the Word so that your spirit can dominate the mind and not have the mind interrupt your obedience to what God's calling you to do. We were talking about finances over the offering. And when I first got saved... I I I told God, I need this money more than you need this money. I need this money more than the church needs this money. Because in my natural way of thinking, I did. I was a single mom just got kids, my kids custody of my children back. I had all of this responsibility that uh, I had nothing, you know, I didn't have any savings. I didn't have any any I didn't have anything. I didn't have any clothes. I didn't have uh, just, you know, I got saved with what was in the back of the car. You know, I didn't own anything. I didn't have a, a, a foundation even. And, but I had God. <laughs> and, I, but when I started arguing and saying, I need this money more than you need this money, the word renewed my mind. Mm-hmm. And I began to see, no, I need God's blessing more than I need this 10% that, that belongs to Him anyway. So I started giving it and giving above. And, and at one point, I was, I was matching my tithe with my offering. I was wanting to, to put it to work, and that's what brought me to where I am, praise God. The, the, the doing of the Word. But this connection is important for us. Let's compare this to James chapter 1. It says, your soul prospering there in 3 John, as your soul prospers, that you would be in health, that you would prosper as your soul prospers. James 1, 21 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, Filthiness means defiling or dishonor. Superfluity is a word that means residue or what was left over from your life before you got saved. So lay lay aside the dishonor and the things that defiled you and that, that would defile who you are now and lay aside the residue that what was left over so that needs to be laid aside. Let's just compare that to Ephesians 4. Hold your place because I'm not done there in James, but I want you to look at Ephesians 4, verse 22. That you put off concerning the former behavior. That word conversation is defined behavior. It includes your verbal communication, but it's not limited to verbal communication. It's talking about all of your actions, verbal, uh, natural actions, even the actions of your mind. It says you put them off, I put them off. We put off the old behavior, the former behavior of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. I I think there are people who love Jesus who have asked Jesus to be their Lord and they haven't learned to put it off and they think it's the devil. And they're fighting the devil and it's not the devil. It's the flesh. It's that old residue. It's the superfluity. It's what needs to be put off if they haven't taken the step of putting off and saying, that's not me. That's the old me. That's Michelle before Christ. Michelle B.C., This is the Michelle AD, after death. I have died. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it is not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. That's who I am. Amen. Amen? So, putting off the old, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind doesn't mean your mind has a different spirit than your heart, your born again spirit. It means be renewed until your mind is spiritual. Be renewed until your mind is being governed by your spirit, until your mind has spiritual uh, definitions to match the the vocabulary of God. When God speaks to you, He doesn't have to stop and explain everything and reason with you, but your mind is renewed and you're like, I know what you mean. I've got that, Lord. I'm with you. I'm in step with you. I'm in synchronization. So the putting off and the renewing take place so that we can walk in this newness of life, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So this is our responsibility. We put off the old. We put off the old. We renew the mind. He's given us all the tools for the renewing for the prospering of our soul. He's given us all the tools, but we've got to apply them. And then we are able to walk in this newness of life. Now go back to James. He says, lay apart. Again, this is an instruction to us as the believer. We lay apart. We set that aside. We, We recognize that's not a part of who I am today. That's not benefiting me. If... If it's not going to help me in my walk in the spirit, if it's not going to benefit me, then I don't want to engage myself in that. Amen. If it's going to detract, now I'm not saying we can't enjoy life and go fishing and and you know things that you enjoy. I'm talking about things that are um, that could become distractions. Yeah things that could feed your mind to think negatively, things that could... If you put wrong thought, thought processes in your mind long enough, it's going to make you think that way, a way you didn't think before. Eve never looked at that tree and saw that it was a tree to be desired to make her wise until she accepted wrong thought processes. And once she had thought those wrong thoughts... It changed her perception and it changed her behavior in, into something she'd never done before. She'd never desired to eat the fruit of that tree. She'd never looked at it the way that she looked at it. She never reached out and ate of it until she accepted wrong thoughts. And wrong thoughts will lead to wrong behaviors because as you think, so you will be. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Think CB. If you think wrong, you're going to see wrong. You're going to be wrong. You're going to act. You're going to behave wrong. So this wrong thought process is that led her to wrong behavior, wrong perception, and wrong behavior. If she would have stopped it at the thought process, it would never have reached that level. I, I I had a family member years ago. Who loved to listen to a certain talk radio in Nashville? And this talk radio was so, so negative and so critical. Critical, critical. I would have never noticed it till I got saved. And, you know, studying on the love of God, and you got to think the best of every person, and you start hearing somebody who is critical in their thought processes. But this person listened to that every day for years. Whenever they would be in their car, in their place of business, they had that consistently going. And what are they feeding into their mind all day long? Critical thoughts about other people. And that person became one of the most critical people I've I've known. (laughs) I, I remember he doesn't anymore pastor it doesn't watch sports center anymore but there was a day that he would watch sports center because you know just keeping up with the different games that were going on and what the teams that he liked were doing and the basketball and different stuff like that and so uh i would be in the room with him while some of the shows that he would watch on the sports center would be on and i began to tell him do you hear how critical they are <laughs> I said, just listen to everything they say. And I know it's the nature of the game. I mean, it's the nature of the talk show. But the the thought process is what I'm trying to identify. The thought process that it was everything they would look at, they would tear it apart. Everything. And again, that's the nature of it. But if you're trying to renew your mind and you are allowing somebody else's criticism to be what's generating the direction of your thoughts, then what's going to happen is your thoughts are going to get bent in that direction. Uh, Darlene Bishop, she's a a minister. Her and her husband uh, pastored a a church. He has moved to heaven since, and now her son is pastoring in, in Monroe, Ohio. And um, she told the story about sitting on the airplane next to a, um, a, a, a person who studies the mind from a scientific point of view. And they explained that when you think a thought, it falls down into a, a groove and it makes me think of how pinball, you know, when you, you hit that pinball... It will, it will come down and it will find something that is... and then it moves it into another direction, right? right. It, this person said a thought will come into the mind and it will fall into this groove and if you think it makes an indent and if you think it again, it comes into that same place and it follows that same groove and if you think it over and over, it, it builds that groove, which is how we know our multiplication tables today. Because when I was in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and they were quizzing us on all of our math facts, and they would go through the multiplication tables, we did it every day. We did it every day, and we did it out loud. And she had a little, a little record player... Thank you for everybody who knows what a record player is. She put that LP, and it, it would have. Okay, today we are going to do the twos, and she would move it over to the which section on the LP had the twos, and we would start with two times zero is zero, two times one is one is two, and two times two is four, and two times uh and, and yeah, don't yeah, don't don't quiz me here. <laughs> But we did them every day until we got the grooves in the mind. Now, this person told this pastor that once those grooves were there, you couldn't get rid of them. But they don't know what the Bible says that we can renew the mind. We can get rid of the old grooves and we can get new grooves that our word groups so that we see a stronghold that second corinthians chapter 10 talks about we're talking about renewing the mind second corinthians 10 identifies the weapons of our warfare but it also identifies the thought processes If you read verse 4, it says, The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, a stronghold of a wrong thought is not desirable. We don't want it. The weapons of our warfare... The weapons that God has provided can destroy them, can pull them down. But it's also possible for us to build a stronghold that the Word provides, a stronghold of health. We can take 1 Peter 2.24. We can take Psalm 91. We can take the Scriptures that speak to us about the keeping, protecting, guarding power of God, healing power of God. And we can build our stronghold that becomes a refuge to us, a strong tower. And we go into it and we're safe. We go into that refuge of no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Amen. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. Hallelujah. And so... This stronghold is a thought process at its highest or strongest point. Verse 5 says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So this is the second level, if you will. Second in, in going down a scale. The highest level is a stronghold. God is still greater than the stronghold. And His provision for us, He has already given us these weapons. I don't have to wait for God to build down, to to tear down a stronghold of fear. I can take the weapons He has given me, the sword of the Spirit, and I can tear down a stronghold of fear. I can tear down a stronghold of a a bad habit. I can tear down a stronghold of poverty mentality. This imaginations and things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, it says this is uh, uh, possible for it to be cast down. So this is not something that has an established presence, but it does have an activity because it has become to the place of an imagination. And that imagination has details with it. An imagination has a plan with it. An imagination has, has like the video that tries to play in someone's mind. Like when my children were teenagers and I would be waiting for them to come home. And, you know, I'm looking out the window and I'm like, they are late. Yeah. Ooh, I'm, you know, and part of me is mad mama. <laughs> they are in so much trouble. They are in trouble. I'm telling you what, they are in trouble. I mean, I am, I am up late at night. My husband's in, you know, trying to sleep and I'm... I am going to get them. And the other part of me was trying to resist the imagination of what is going on. Why are they late? Why haven't they answered their phone? Why didn't they call me? The imagination part of it had like a video that would play. And you could see the the tree, the, the car wrapped around a tree. And you would say, no, in Jesus' name, no weapon. You got to cast it down, right? You, you would see something bad happening and, and, that, and it had like details that would make your heart race, yeah. details that would make your palms sweat, right. details that would put butterflies in your stomach. And so you have to recognize that those are imaginations and the enemy will energize those, but he doesn't have to have any mental real estate. You can take authority and cast them down. It also identifies this as things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, which is what we see happening in the conversation that Satan had with Eve. Did God say? You shall not surely die. Now she has knowledge that God gave her. We shall not eat the fruit of the tree. That was the knowledge of God, but Satan came and exalted his knowledge above. So, teenagers again, I learned so much raising my children. Their mindset was, you're trying to ruin my life, mom. You're trying to ruin my life. All of my friends stay out till 2 o'clock. Why won't you let me stay out till 2 o'clock? You're trying to ruin my life. No, I'm trying to keep you safe. (laughs) There's not one good thing going on that's profitable after midnight. Be glad I let you stay out till midnight and get home, right? But in their mind, in their mind, it was, it was, I'm trying to ruin their life. In my mind, I'm trying to keep you responsible and safe. Keep you out of the position of of danger, of being tempted, doing things you shouldn't be doing. And so when Eve allowed that knowledge of God to be overridden with what the enemy brought, oh, God's just trying to keep something from you. God just doesn't want you to enjoy that. God just doesn't want you to know what He knows. He's trying to exalt His knowledge above the knowledge of God and she should have cast it down. And if, truth be told, Adam who was there with her, he should have cast it down too. He should have cast it down for her. If he recognized, okay, she didn't get it. She let that thought come in. Let me, let me step up here and cast that thought down. No, God's not trying to keep it from us. God said that we are to tend the garden. But he said not to eat the fruit of that tree because there's death attached to it. We're not eating it because we trust God. And he didn't cast it down. So the imaginations and things that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, they have emotion to them. They have an activity, but they have to be cast down. And we are more than capable of casting down every imagination that the enemy brings. And then it says, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity every thought. So now we see the lower level of the thought process. Uh-huh. If I take it captive when it's a thought, it will never reach imagination stage. Right. It will never reach the established stronghold position. So what we do is we renew our mind. Romans 12. Even though it may be familiar to you, please look at it. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind is the key for this metamorphosis, this transformation, this putting off the old behavior that is deceitful and corrupt and putting on the new. The in-between link there was be renewed in the mind. Be renewed in the mind until your mind is spiritual. Be renewed until your mind agrees with, with what's in your heart. Don't make your heart agree with what's in your mind. Because what's in your heart's coming from God. That's the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. What He's trying to instruct you in and deal with you about and lead you into in the heart, we, we want our mind to be in agreement. Hallelujah. So it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This word prove means to test, to examine, to approve, and allow. We want to allow the will of God. But a person whose mind isn't renewed doesn't always allow the will of God. Why? Because their mind reasons their way out of it. Well, that can't be right because this, and that can't be right because look at this. And that reasoning will hinder the ability to accept and to receive and to allow the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So the renewing of the mind. We want to prosper in the soul. We want our mind, our will, and our emotions prospering in the word. We want to take the word and we want to put it over our thought processes. We want to make our will submit to what the word says. We want to take our emotions and govern them by what the word says. So that the soul prospers, and as the soul prospers, we didn't finish James. Let me go back to James. And and I, I haven't even started in my notes. So this is all out of uh, yeah, this is intro, right? <laughs> and the hour of power is almost over. James chapter one, verse 21. Again, lay apart all dishonor, things that defile. And the residue that was left over from your life before Christ and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. We're not talking about being born again. These people are already born again. Verse 19 called them brethren. So the, this is not taught when we say souls were saved, we, that's a, a way of saying it, but what would be more accurate in what really takes place is so many people got born again. Mm-hmm. This, these people, got, they got born again. Yeah. But the soul being saved is talking about the restoration of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And it says the word that is received is able to save your soul, to restore the mind, to restore the will, to restore the emotions so that they are in the right condition to cooperate with the will of God, to walk out the will of God. Amen. So the engrafted word, receiving the word. 1 Thessalonians 5. So we've laid laid apart... These things we have put off concerning the former behavior, the old man. We put off the old man and all of the behavior that was associated with our person before Christ. And now we are putting on the new. 1 Thessalonians 5 says in verse 5, You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Hallelujah. Who are we? We are children of the light. Children of the light. We are not of the darkness. We are of the light. Ephesians 5, 8. I'm going to move quickly through these because they are all testifying to the same point. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 5. This one is Ephesians 5, 8 says, you were sometimes, and that would mean beforehand, you were at one time darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Why, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. The Weiss translation says, as children of light, be continually conducting yourselves. Be continually conducting yourselves. Now, this is not just referring to don't go sinning. You're you're saved now, don't be sinning. It includes that, but it's not limited to that. I have light to live by. I, I can live in the light. I have light. I don't have to be sad about things that might cause other people sadness. I know something. I have light on that subject. I have light on that subject. When my, when my, I I conducted the funeral for my father. Actually, my husband did the one for my father. I conducted the funeral for my mother. I conducted the funeral for my brother. And uh, was part of with my, with my dad's. But. I could do that and conduct myself because I know where they are. I, I knew I have light on their whereabouts. I've not lost them. They have not exited my life. I will see them again. Amen? Amen. Why well, I have light. I'm going to walk in that light, so I'm not going to sorrow about it. I'm not going to sorrow... And, and allow grieving and allow uh, uh, heaviness when I know where they are. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm walking in the light of that. And that's one example. If we have light on God's provision, why would we fear lack? If we have light on God's uh, promise to save our children... If we have light on, and I'm just looking at different aspects. Walk, walk that way. Walk in the light of what God said about that. Walk as children of light. Um, Psalm 119 verse 105 says that the word is a lamp unto our feet. The word is a lamp unto our feet. That's referring to the path. This is a time when they didn't have uh, lights on the street. You know, if you live out in the country, you know it gets dark in the country different than it is in the city. There's a lot of light that is just kind of residue light here in the city. But you get out a little ways and it's dark outside. It's dark in the house when the moon's not out, right? You're like, this is really dark. (laughs) Why? Because if you've been in the city, you've got to be in the two to know the difference because if you've always been in the country, you don't know what it's like to get up and walk through your house and not need a light. Like, how can I sleep in here? I need some dark. (laughs) But when we recognize that it's talking about their path, it's The Word is the light for them to walk by. It's a lamp unto my feet. The Word guides my decisions. The Word shines the light on, on motives. The Bible says that the Word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You might not know what somebody has planned in that business deal, but God his Word can sense it. His Word can identify it to you. you can. The Holy Spirit will just g- prompt you back out of that deal. That person's got something that is an ulterior motive because God, He will lead us. Amen? Psalm 119 and verse 130 says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding unto the simple. So in all of these we see light is connected to the Word, that the Word is identified as something that brings light to the situation. And so as we are renewing the mind and restoring the soul, we need to allow the Word of God to be the light that we begin to live in. And every day as you apply the Word to your life, you're going to see more light. You're going to walk in more. Mark four says, with the thought and with the measure of thought and attention that you give to the truth that you hear, it will be that that will be determining what comes back to you. And I'm quoting the Amplified. And I'm going to ask uh, Brother Richard if you would give me Mark four and verse twenty four in the Amplified, because we're now we're talking about the light because we want. Are, are the restoration continually. Um, how many people, did, did you comb your hair this week? Did you comb your hair this week? Why did you comb your hair this week? Did your hair get out of place when you went to sleep? Well, in the same way, if you have turned on the news at any time, you're going to need to renew your mind. If you have listened to the commercials at any time, you're going to need to renew your mind. If you have heard uh, other people who are just talking uh, their random talk, you're going to need to renew your mind. Why? Because the it is a continual process. The mind is always receiving the thought processes of a report, a news, uh, uh, people's opinions. All those thoughts are coming in. So I've got to flush that wrong thinking out and keep the structure of the right in the light. The Amplified says, be careful what you are hearing. Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. The measure of thought and study that you give, in other words, the more I'm looking in the light, the more light I'm going to see. Jesus talked about it from this perspective in Matthew 6. He said, if the eye be single, then the whole body is full of light. But if the eye be one translation says injured. One says evil. One says it, it, it gives the idea of, of a double perception, double-minded. If the eye be evil, the King James says it that way. Uh, sickly is a is is a word that would describe the definition of that word evil. It's not talking about a sinner. It's talking about someone who's looking in the wrong things, looking into the wrong things, looking at things the wrong way. If that person continually looks at things the wrong way, it's, it's going to affect everything they see. Just like that family member I told you about who constantly listened to that critical thought process. It was on a talk radio that was supposed to be about current events and news things going on but that person began to see everything. Every family member, every relationship, every conversation saw it through that same filter. It affected not just what he thought about the current event he was listening to, but that thought pattern now was affecting the way he thought about other areas of his life. Why? Because if the I be single... If the eye is focused on the word, if the, then the whole body's going to be full of light. The whole body's going to be full of light. It's going to affect my marriage. I've got light in my marriage. I've got light in my relationship with my children. Light in my finances. Light in my health. It's affecting the way I receive from God in everything and the way I love other people. Why? Because my eye is focused on the word. Glory to God. That's what he's saying here. With the measure that you measure, with the measure of thought and attention that you give, they we're back to attention again. With the attention that we give to the Word is going to determine, to the light, let's call it the light tonight. With the, uh, the measure of attention I give to the light. Now, I am sure that I'm not the only person who has to purposefully turn some things off. Amen. There are so many things that want my attention Amen. and so many things I could be interested in. Uh-huh. So, and they're not bad. It's not, it doesn't even have to be bad things to be distracting me. But what, I'm, what I have to determine is I need to make sure I'm getting ample light. To live by and because I am a feeder of sheep I've got to not only have ample light for me to live by but I've got to I I pray for your light I pray for one of the things that I pray for most of all is that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in Jesus Christ that you would know by the word and by the spirit that you would approve those things which are excellent. That is a scripture that I pray over us a lot, that we would approve those things which are excellent. That comes by having light to live by. And so when we recognize I've got to have ample light, then I'm not going to put my time in the Word off where it could get, taken up with something else you know pastor runs he runs every day almost except for sunday saturday is his long run and he'll go out and run like five miles eight miles something like that but he runs in the rain he runs in the snow not so much in the ice but he'll go out into the garage or something and do his own little work that But, you know, he does it every morning, and he says, I can't put it off because then my flesh will try to talk me out of doing it. Exactly. Other things will try to get in my life that will hinder me from being able to get out there and do it. Yeah. So he just, he, he gets up and he prays and he studies first uh-huh. for a couple of hours, and then he will go out the door 6.37 o'clock every morning. He is out the door, rain Snow or, sh- or sunshine. He is out the door to go run and, and discipline. And he says, it's because if I put it off, other things try to come up to take it. That's the same attitude we have to have about the Word. Mm-hmm. And not from a religious, I'm clocking in with my religious duty to have to fulfill this time in the Word. But coming at by with the attitude, I need light. I need light. I'm going to receive light today and it's going to affect the way I live my life. It's all of my life will be affected by what I'm about to put in my eyes and ears this morning. Amen? So the, the prospering of our soul, it's in our, it's, it's in our, the ball's in our court. It's us that takes the initiative to apply the Word. The word he's done all the work of our salvation he's done all of the provision of the word and the power of his holy spirit to help us but we do have to invest the time and the disciplines that is not a cuss word discipline in the things of god are benefits for us as you discipline yourself to put your eyes in the light and put the light in you you're going to get the benefit of it You're going to see it affect your life. Your whole life will increase and strengthen because the Word does not return empty. Amen?